0: Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Thursday, March 25th. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is Chad P, Chad P71. How's it going, Chad? Uh,
1: great. How are you doing?
0: Uh, I'm doing just great. Hey, it's good to talk to you. It's been, uh, been a little while since you joined us here. Yes, sir. So, um, the Browns have been, uh, or Andrew Barry, maybe more specifically have been doing some things, making some headlines, uh, kind of impressing some people. So I thought it'd be a great time to have you on and kind of get your impressions of what's going on. And, uh, just, um, you know, maybe talk a little bit of Browns news, a little bit of free agency, and maybe touch on the draft a little bit. So, um, so let's, uh, let's just start with with the happenings of today, I guess, and uh, want to get your thoughts on on uh, Jadavian Clowney and his visit. Of course, he left without a contract, but you know, I don't know if that you know what that means. I, I don't know if they were going to sign him on the spot or not. So, where do you think the Browns stand with him? You think there, there's a shot of signing him? How do you, how would you feel about them signing him? And and uh, um, what do you think the next step is there?
1: Uh, Well, I'll start from the beginning, and uh, I have to credit Benjamin Albright because he was the first I heard say this about Clowney. Uh, Originally that he was going to wait until he felt, uh, Clowney that is, felt 100% ready to go for another team before he was going to start talking to anybody. It was interesting that the very first team that he picked was Cleveland. Mm, So... And the way that I view it in just talking about him, if, if I'm uh clowny, the Browns have now set the bar. So here's the bar. And then if he goes to any other teams, they're going to have to beat what the Browns proposed. And I don't mean just money either. Um, he's 28 years old. He's not going to get a lot more contracts. Most likely he's probably looking for one good one. You know, he's going to want to make a run, so it's going to have to be a complete package. I do not think Andrew Barry's going to overpay him. He has not shown that with anybody else, and I don't think it's going to start here. So I imagine that it was a, a really good... Um, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for here. It was a sign that the very first team that he met with was Cleveland. And now... Once again, I posted this earlier, that the Browns facility is absolutely phenomenal. Um, uh, D and Jimmy have invested a lot of money in making that facility great for players. You got a team that was close, so close to making a divisional run. You got head coach of the year. You've got a smart GM that's already added talent to the team. He can see that. We're we're a couple pieces away from having a solid football team great foundation the future looks bright it's a very promising picture to to give to uh, such a pro that look you can come here and have an impact not only on the field but with developing players off the field you have this wonderful facility there's a lot of good things that go with coming to the Browns. The one thing you're not going to get, though, is overpaid. And so that's where it's going to come down to. If if for a large money, it's not going to be with the Browns. If he's looking for a real run, it will be with the Browns. So uh, that's where I think he's at or kind of an idea where he might be at. As far as adding him, I think it's an excellent idea to add him. Yeah, there's some downfalls, there's some takeaways. But when you have a chance to add a veteran talent like that with these young kids to look up to, when they're coming in right off, right out of the draft, I mean, that's building that next generation. And I said this in a post earlier too that AB's not looking, or Andrew Barry, I should say, is not looking for one season to win he is looking for three, four, five seasons down the road that this team continues to be strong instead mm-hmm. of just going all in one year and then, you know, and then having to break it all apart. So I think Ad and, at, and he, he's still performing at a high level. You know, while he didn't have any sacks, he ended up with 28 pressures. You know, he's still turning. He only played 425 snaps last year. But the potential is there, and if he's with the right team, the right trainers, the right conditioning staff, the right coaches who will use him in the right way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he, it, it, he could be a very promising piece for the Browns, uh, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, so, so I, I, I agree with you. I think uh, as far as uh, it being a good sign that Cleveland is the first place, you know, for, or first team he visited. Um, as far as showing probably where his priorities are right now, as far as, uh, you know, strictly looking for the most money versus, you know, uh, some combination, obviously, you know, most guys aren't just going to throw the money out the window, you know, money and, um, the, the fit and the opportunity to, to win. So hopefully, right. hopefully you're right there. Um, but, uh but yeah I mean I, I think he could be I think he could definitely be a nice piece It uh, would definitely be interesting to see um you know how how all that would fit together um, on the defensive line I think give give Cleveland a lot of flexibility um, you know with, with what they would have and, and you know plus see what they would do going forward um, you know with with the rest of the line so uh, we'll see and you think uh, you think it's going to be probably a little while before before he makes any decision. I don't know how many other teams he's he's even looking at, or if he has other visits set up at this point.
1: Um, I have not read that he has any other visits set anywhere else. Um, I imagine he just wants to take a minute to think about it. But mm-hmm. in all in in all fairness to him. Andrew Barry's not going to wait on anybody either. So the longer yeah. he waits, Andrew Barry's still working. Yeah. And he's very liable to go a different direction because there are more options out there. And then that's if he even wants to make another move. It might. This might have been a circumstance for Clowney, but Andrew Barry may say, hey, look, we're looking good in the draft at 26 or whatever he wants to do, move up, move back, whatever. We don't really have to add you to this team. Um, mm-hmm. We're no longer interested. And and this is the first time in as long as I can remember where the Browns are in the driver's seat when it comes to free agency because they don't need anybody. and And – to add people whereas in the past it was we have to get this guy because we're so bad and we gotta pay whatever
0: we have to pay
1: yeah right we gotta pay whatever we gotta pay we gotta have this guy we've got to do this we've got there's none of that anymore and um while i react with emotions um andrew barry is not going to be that way he is going to be very calm and and Collected and work through this process to so where the Browns are never be at the mercy of a player. It's going to be, Hey, look, if you want to come be a part of this great program, we would like to have you here, but it's going to be on our terms. And if you're not okay with that, we understand we're going to go a different direction. And man, this is just such a great feeling from the fans point of view is that we're no longer chasing what could be and it's yeah. it's a fundamental build from the ground up and they're not going to get away from it
0: yeah so what type of contract do you think uh, if you had to guess what type of contract do you think uh, the Browns put on the table for Clowney at this point
1: uh I uh, probably some you know, dollar wise, I, I really can't say I can't, it, it can't, it can't be a lot because they don't have the money to do that. And it's not going to be the same. I forget what it was that they offered you it before. It's a rather large contract three years, but um, it's going to be, a, it would be something probably to the tune of two to 6 million this year and then grow next year. And the next year I do believe that they would probably try to stay in that three year contract. Um, it's probably going to be close to what uh, um McKinley's getting, somewhere in that neighborhood. Maybe with some options, if you make, you know, the Super Bowl or Pro Bowl or whatever, you'll have nice kicks. But but Andrew Barry really has to be careful what he's doing right now, because of how many free agents we have are key to this football team that he has to keep. So, I, it, it wouldn't yeah. shock me if, if it's just a one-year deal for this year, but he's gonna have to restructure some contracts to get uh, a reasonable number.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like if it's a one-year, whatever, eight or ten million-dollar deal. Yeah, that that's gonna put him in, you know kind of close to a bind. But yeah, if he if they go two or three years and and don't put a lot this season or, um, you know, or go the signing bonus route, things like that. You know it, you know what, Chad, that, that's why those guys are in charge because they, they can make the money work. <laughs> they can figure it out. And I, I think there are some contracts that can be uh, renegotiated, um, you know, if, if guys are willing to do that for the Browns. Um, you know, hope, hopefully they can do some things there if, if need be to, to land a guy like this. Right. But you're right. I mean, it comes down to, they, they have to be mindful of of the guys who are, are yet to be extended. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Baker and, and, uh, Denzel Ward and Nick Chubb primarily, those three guys that they have to figure out, um, you know, where to come up with the money because, um, you have to keep it i want him to keep all three of those guys you got to keep at least two two out of three of those guys you know yeah so um you're gonna have to come up with the money and um yeah yeah that's that's where the creativity comes in and yeah i guess maybe we shouldn't worry about that because you know I, i keep hearing all over the place there's really no salary cap because the good teams always just find a way to figure this stuff out but, <laughs> but you know it, it's foreign territory for us because we, we're not used to having talented guys that are going to be doing money like this you know right. it, we're used to having just teams devoid of talent you know up until a few years ago and, and never really having to worry about uh you know, you know we, we always had to worry about rebuilds, not not having to keep guys and figuring out where money was coming from.
1: Right. And then, like I said, we and we've also never had a GM like Andrew Barry because no football team has. This is a he is going about this a different way and he's not locked into old school football. And then I also see the same thing. Well, analytics says this. He's not full analytics either. He is this combination no. of old football and made into its own formula that's going to be done his way that's not going to be like anything we've seen before.
0: And then until
1: something happens, we don't honestly know what Andrew Barry is going to do. Because he's not playing inside of a set rule book. He's going to make his own as he goes here. And there's some things that I've watched him do. Well, like I've said in my account before, I don't agree with everything Andrew Barry's done. But 99% I do. And I've wa- I'm have i watching him do certain things. And you can almost see that he's building his own legacy, his way, and has got... The rest of the world shut out. It doesn't care what they think or say. So, it's just fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, he's doing it his way. You know, like you said, I don't think he has a certain set of rules. But I'm going I'm to tell you, Chad, I think right now, this is kind of a perfect storm for the Browns, being – that they're still under Baker's rookie contract and the cap space that the Browns had going into, you know, this season where the cap dropped and a lot of guys are willing to take these one-year deals where other teams don't have the ability to sign some of these guys. Uh, I think, I think it's kind of a different ball game this year than what it, you know, what it may be even next season. Uh, When the cap probably goes back up Uh, and guys are looking for different types of contracts. But right now, Andrew Barry is playing the hand he's been dealt and he's just been masterful. Uh, And it just fits perfectly with what the Brown with where the Browns stand as a team and with what the Browns want to do. Yep. And, you know, this this has been I'll keep saying this. This has been a two year plan. Since since Barry and Stefanski walked in to build this team, um, you know, they they put a two-year plan together. It was get the offense together the first year and polish out the defense the second year. And that's exactly what they're doing. And this team's going to be ready. You know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen during the season, but they are going to field a team that's going to be able to compete with everybody. Let's just put it that way. I
1: agree completely.
0: So, David Njoku was active on Twitter. Uh, Twitter today, uh, is he? Uh, is he just excited now to be a Brown and all bought in, or is he just kind of still, uh, you know, a little bit um, edgy? What do you think?
1: I I, I think I think the joke who thought his career was going to go a different direction. And while some people didn't agree with what he had to say, um, I kind of look at it two different ways. Should he be on Twitter running? No, probably not. <laughs> but you know what? This is the world that we live in now. It's not like it used to be. And in the same breath, you have to realize is while we talk about Baker Mayfield has been through multiple systems, everybody on the defense, I mean, there, there's a de- different defensive coordinator every six months with, on that side of the ball, too. And, or excuse me, I apologize. Let me, let me rephrase that. I can't believe I said defense. When uh, we talk about Baker Mayfield being in three, multiple offenses, so is everybody else on the offense who's had to go through the same thing. Yeah, every yeah. six months, their their plan is changing along with Baker's. I apologize, I said defense. I have no idea. Um, That's all right. So he, uh, you know, he had to learn new systems too. And last year, I'm sure there was a small smack in the face when Hooper signed, and you know they go to the draft and. You know, and he's like, well, wait, I'm trying to learn this system, too. And, and you know, he, I, he's got an immense amount of talent. Yeah. And I'm sure the frustration over the years has been built up. And then he, like everybody else, thought for sure that he was probably on the trade block. And, you know, when when, when everything around you is not stable, it's hard for you to be stable. Mm-hmm. So, um now that everything's stable, he's here, he's getting his money. I'm sure his confidence is a little bit better. And he, and he, and he believes so much in himself that, you know, he's trying to project, project it out to everybody else. Look, I'm, I'm here. I'm ready to go. And I would rather see that fire and passion for the Browns and wanting to be here and wanting to do it. I understood what he was trying to say about the money. It maybe, not, maybe didn't come out the right way. You know, six million is no big deal or whatever. Maybe he's to the point where that six million is not important to him, and he just didn't say it in a way that it meant to come out. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that
1: offended some people,
0: but from oh, it, from the it, standpoint it, of a <laughs> professional athlete and and what they can make, you know, I I can see where he's coming from. And it, plus, right. what you're saying that that winning and and uh, you know maybe. Something, you know, as simple as job security or something are more important to him.
1: Right. Yeah. Because now he knows he's here. They don't want to trade him because I'm sure they have the opportunity to. Um, you know, they said, look, you know, we want you here. We want you to be part of this football team. We're going to make sure you're involved. Um, we're going to help you grow as a player, which they did. His blocking improved 100 percent in one season. And so now he's coming into the second season in the same system with that coach of the year. Uh, he doesn't have to learn anything new. If he had that big of a jump during a pandemic with a brand new coach in a new system, what is it going to look like when he's, when he's not learning everything new? And they go back to having normal practices and everything that goes along with that. He could see a massive jump this year in his production and be the player yeah. that he wants to be.
0: Yeah, I, I'll agree with you. I think last season was a tough season to judge a lot of these guys on, especially if you're including the first, whatever the first four, six, eight games of the season, you know when when uh, guys were still learning and growing together and things like that. And uh, you know we saw, I think, a lot closer to. The the full potential of the team over the last six or eight games, you know, to know what they could, what the team can be. But, yeah, it's still only one season. So you got to figure there's still room there. (laughs) Right.
1: But, yeah, Yeah, I mean, I I mean, had all these players been drafted to the Kevin Stefanski system year one, could you imagine what the team would look like now? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how we kind of got to look at a lot of these players It's like okay that that whatever happened before is like before Kevin Stefanski doesn't really count it's what happened after because he's putting a program together that these players are buying into they believe in and this is not the same old Browns and now we can start to judge players this will be the year where you can really judge players who have been here for a while and the new players uh, at at the same because everybody's in the same system and they're growing together. One year under your belt, horrible year uh, outside of the team, great mm-hmm. year inside the team. It, you know, this is when it should all come together. Yeah.
0: And, you know, things don't matter before Stefanski, but Hugh Jackson seems to still think that they do. So I'm going to use that little segue,
1: uh,
0: Hugh just can't let things go. Um, you know, he still wants to act like, you know, he he wasn't given a fair shot and, you know, didn't, you know, things weren't his fault and, you know, and he doesn't throw people under buses and things like this. So, so he was, he was mixing it up on Twitter today, you know, after, after being on with, with, uh, Ken, Ken Carmen, um, today. So, why don't you give us the rundown, Chad, and your thoughts on one Hugh Jackson?
1: Um, I, I just think uh, Hugh only back in the day bought in and he, and he came in and I think I I've said this a hundred times. The day that Pep Hamilton left was the day that it all went south. And It really escalated up to when Mike Silver posted that um, the Browns were not interested in Jimmy Garoppolo at all, which was an out-and-out lie. They would have tried to trade for him. The Patriots were not trading with anybody in the AFC. And surely not going to be the Cleveland Browns one. And, and And then his daughter ended up getting involved in it. And it just escalated and then he didn't want to start baker mayfield i there's still a part of me while i don't know this to be fact i don't think he ever wanted baker mayfield um he didn't want a rookie quarterback he wanted to go to tyrod and i went to a training camp every day that year that i could go because that was before they started limiting how many times you could go to camp so i was there for almost a lot of uh, baker mayfield's rookie camp he was so much better than Tyrod Taylor. It wasn't even funny. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even close. And I watched as Hugh would rotate out. They started Mayfield out with the first team and he just absolutely dominated. They moved him to the second team. He was dominating there. They moved him to the third team. He was dominating on the third team. He was dominating our first team defense on on or well, he started they started him out. Uh, against the third team defense he blew them up uh, to the second team defense so what he ended up doing by, as training camp went on he had Baker Mayfield with all the third and fourth team guys going against the first team defense and Tyrod Taylor with the first team offense going against the fourth third and fourth string defense and <laughs> Mayfield was still putting up and, and, and while it was practice he was still completing more passes in And I had noted this all through training camp back then, going, well, why is Baker not starting? I mean, this is insane. And I think Hugh got overwhelmed, and then it just snowballed, and then the whole thing with Todd Haley, and and he kept putting it out on Twitter. And if there's anybody that should not be on Twitter, it's an NFL football coach.
0: Yeah, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. You know, and... So, we probably should just let it go and ignore him, but, you know, he needs to, you know, he's looking for his second chance, too, and I'm not sure he's going to get one.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he is either, but he he's not helping himself by coming back at the Browns and, and the fans here. He's just not, you know, he's, I think he's got to be a man and admit his mistakes and, you know, and, and kind of. Admit that he needs to grow from that, you know. If anybody wants to bring him in anywhere, and I, you know, I don't know if it's going to be as a head coach, that's for sure. But uh, you know, maybe you can get back into football in some other capacity, you know. But you got to be forthright. You, know, you got you got to admit that it was you, and not just keep pointing fingers at everybody who who wants to bring somebody on like that. Nobody,
1: because it wasn't right. just the Browns; it was with the Raiders too.
0: That's true. That's yeah. true.
1: You know, so and and he knows that G and Jimmy, uh, Jimmy and, and D are not going to say anything back because they've moved on.
0: Yeah, there's no you point. Know, in and,
1: and, and yeah, there's and they're just not going to say anything. So he can say whatever he wants to anybody he wants and they'll never respond. And they shouldn't respond because they don't need to respond. And the nice thing about it is, is that Hugh Jackson on Dorsey and. Um, Freddy Kitchens, while they did do some good things and and stuff, the Haslam's also learned what not to do in that whole process. And that's why this team is running so much better now. Is because there's no talk. There's no leaks. Nobody's leaking information to the media anymore. You're not going to get that. Andrew Barry's not talking to anybody. So what's coming out is going to be coming out from uh, player agents, and he sees something in the building and tells a friend. And that's the only thing that's coming out of there, but there's nothing coming out from Andrew Barry. Uh, not like it used to be.
0: Yeah. And each time the Browns have brought in a new regime and, you know, a new coach, new GM, especially the last few, it's been, man, I hope, I hope Jimmy and D just kind of stay out of it. Let these guys run things, and, and don't try to get in there and meddle, and you know, and and kind of mess things up. Because uh, you know, if you bring in the right people, they don't need the owner in there telling them what to do all the time. You know that that's why you bring in good people. So obviously, this this regime started off, you know, winning. <laughs> So that there really hasn't probably been a temptation for the Haslam's to 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 do anything except you know you know maybe stand up and clap, but um, you know hope, hopefully it'll it'll stay that way. I think that's kind of, that's probably one of the main concerns with the Browns over you know over the past few changes is man when when are the Haslam's going to kind of stick their nose in? And I'm not worried about that now, but you know that, that that's kind of been um, recurring theme and i hope that that's something that they've learned too
1: oh i'm sure they have Uh, jw johnson uh is a lot more involved now and he is i think he set the ship in the right direction um uh, paul d definitely has uh way more clout than he probably any other time he Mm -hmm. has picked the two best coaches what we missed on Sean McDermott And when we got Kevin Stefanski um, yeah. I mean For Kevin Stefanski To win coach of the year Coming to the Cleveland Browns During a pandemic Is Unbelievable And Oh yeah You just you, So it, He has a From what I understand Just an outsider The working relationship Between Stefanski And Andrew Berry Is absolutely incredible Um there's no reason to just sit back and watch your football team win, uh, which is what Mr. Haslam wants the most. He wants uh, to bring a winner to Cleveland, because, and this is, you know, I I know we as fans get caught up into it and everything, but you think if you step back and think about this, if the Haslams bring a Super Bowl to the Cleveland Browns, everybody from the people who took care of the field. To the owners, are going to live in history forever. This yeah. story is going to be told over and again. They're going to make movies about this. Yeah. This this will be one of the greatest sports stories to ever be told when it happened, and we're dang close. And that's that's all they want, just like we do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'll agree with you. I think they just had to kind of learn some tough lessons along the way to get to a point where they had the right people in there, and it, it sure feels like uh, like everything's headed the right direction now. So, so let's uh, let's just kind of look at, at free agency. I just kind of wanted to get your impressions. Uh, I think we're on the same team as far as thinking Andrew Berry's done, you know, a pretty spectacular job. You know, I think you can. You can look at the individual players, and maybe you don't like every single signing, but when you look at the the way the Browns have have spent money and the guys they brought in and the positions they've addressed, overall, uh, I think everybody is is giving the Browns kind of an A A plus so far in free agency. And you know, it started with John Johnson. Uh, is that where you thought the Browns would start safety? I think most people thought it was going to be an edge rusher at first, and you know how, how important a signing was that for you.
1: Huge, and yes, I, I um, yes I did uh, said it multiple times that I felt safety was the number one position they needed to address, and here's why: Joe Woods doesn't want to have a rookie safety. He proved that last year, and zendejo did not play the way joe woods wanted him to play he was out of position um he w- w- couldn't read a de- read an offense to save his life um uh, he blew multiple games for being out of position and when i did my breakdown of their defense because andrew berry made it made a very specific statement about we have to improve the third down defense So okay well what do we got to do to improve that the third down defense it starts with the safety now i honestly think john johnson was going to hit the market i didn't i was like there's no way this dude's going to hit the market it's not going to happen i mean you're talking the second best player on the number one defense in the nfl Mm -hmm. you're not you're not gonna and the leader of the defense so not only was he the second best graded player He's the leader of their defense. There's no way the Rams are going to let him go. I mean, it would be like letting Aaron Donald go. And they did. And then no way he's going to take a contract and not get top dollar. And I have no idea how that perfect storm happened. But this is absolutely amazing for the brand. Now Joe Woods has somebody who's not going to take him long to pick up his system. And he has a. Lead, we now have a leader of the defense in the backfield who can see everything, who who is absolutely an outstanding football player. And I mean, the, the the guy has ninety tackles last year and only eight missed. That is incredible. He has thirty-one stops. Yeah, and he's twenty-five this, years old. And he's 20, yeah, 25 years old. And <laughs> this is exactly what Joe Woods needed to start to build his defense the way he wants it. Because it, you have he had to start with that leader in the safety position that he felt comfortable with. And then on top of that, this takes all the pressure off of Grant Delpit. Grant Delpit does not need to go out week one, game, you know, and have the absolute game of his life he doesn't need to do that now. Oh, Grant Delpit can develop and be, you know, because we got we got him for four years on his rookie contract, missed the first year. There's no expectations for, I mean, you, you could ask anybody now, do you expect Grant Delpit to have to save the defense uh, week three this year? No, you don't. And that's exactly what he needed to grow into his position. So now, he, worst case scenario, you got John Johnson for three years. On the remaining year, you you could, if you couldn't re sign him, you could then move right into Grant Delpit, who's learned under him for the last three years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How perfect is that?
0: Yeah. Uh, and then Ronnie Harrison, I, he is. Uh, so I got one more year in his contract, so it would be interesting to see what the Browns do there as well. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure that um, I'm sure that they'll continue to address safety. <laughs> Maybe he's not uh, Andrew He's not going to be uh, shy about um, figuring out how that all fits together. But but John Johnson is certainly an anchor to the defense uh, that you know. At a position that they
1: that they really needed. Yes, yeah, that was number one in my in my opinion. Anyways, it was it was the number one place that they needed to go first. Now the rest they could build. Yeah. So next
0: to John Johnson, which signings did you like the best? I'm not going to go through all the guys. I mean, and I probably don't even have them here in order. But uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I thought uh, I thought. Uh, Troy, uh, Troy Hill, adding a corner was extremely, extremely important because we, you know, greedy. We can't count. I I can't count on greedy. Okay. We have Denzel Ward, but greedy Williams uh, coming back from that injury didn't play last year. And honestly, he didn't knock him dead as a rookie, but I mean, there's a learning curve, especially as a corner. So, you know, is he going to be better than he was as a rookie? Is he, is he, you know, taking a step back because of the injury? We don't know. So adding, you know, a talented corner, um, I think they'll continue to address the corner position as
1: well. Yes, and um, once again, breaking down that, like I, when I broke down the defense, um, the slot corner, which was uh, Kevin Johnson, did not play well, did not play well enough at all. And Troy Hill was one of the best slot corners, uh, nickel corner, however you want to, in the NFL last year. yeah. So going from Kevin Johnson to Troy Hill is going to be huge on third downs. And to me, that was equal to the Johnson signing. The fact that they both played together both on the number one defense. This will give Andrew Barry a chance to bring in a young corner uh, th- through the draft. And he has two veteran players on a number one defense able to help, you know, groom the rookie that they bring in. And we've got a slot corner that we've not had in forever. I mean, forever. Yeah. The Browns have been beat across the middle for as long as I've been covering the football team. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's been rough. And it has been horrible. And that's going to hopefully end this year with the addition of Hill, who plays that position extremely well. Mm-hmm. and i i am so excited and it, it did, Hills catch allowed catch rate last year was 67.3 percent which that's that's pretty good um because you're also going against multi-million dollar wide receivers who are paid to catch the football they should um but yeah this isn't the 1970s not-
0: anymore.
1: <laughs> Yeah, there is no such thing as a lockdown corner. These guys are catching the football. But but what you got to do is not let them damage you after the catch. And uh, Kevin Johnson was allowing 75% of all his targets. That's a huge difference. When you look at that, you know what I mean? When you break it down through the games, there were a lot of games where Kevin Johnson would allow, uh, for instance, Against the New York Jets, he allowed five target, five catches on five targets against Kansas City. It was two on two. There was never a game last year, other than Week One, where. Um, well, I take that back. Hill only had two games of all last year where he allowed a hundred percent completion rate on him, and that was Week One, which is obvious. I mean, everybody was kind of like out of it on week one Mm -hmm. and then he had two targets against Seattle week 10 other than that he was dominant and when it really mattered you know when they got to um, you know playing highly important games he even stepped it up more he completely shut down New England he only allowed uh, three catches on seven targets last year so I'm so excited to have that play have him on our team
0: yeah, so let's let's group the uh, these other guys together. Uh, sure. Tack McKinley, Malik Jackson, Anthony Walker. Uh, who are you most excited about? There are uh, those three guys.
1: Um, it's kind of it's kind of like split. Uh, McKinley because I'm excited to see what the team can do with him. Uh, Jackson because they needed that interior pressure that he's going to bring. Um. Uh, Walker because of what his teammates said at Indianapolis about what a great locker room guy and leader on the field and mentor. So each one has one thing um, that I like, but honestly probably the Jackson's probably the one that's got me uh, the most excited because if they can get interior pressure, it's going to be a game changer this year.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean,
1: we'll see, we'll see if, uh, between
0: Malik Jackson, the uh, Jordan, you know, Jordan, Ellie can take a step forward and then, uh, you know, and then they've got, uh, Billups too. Um, you know, we'll see, uh, assuming that, uh, you know, after the opt out that he's, that he's playing and ready to go and all that, the Browns have him for a season. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit different on the interior, um, Oh, and I'm I'm forgetting Sheldon Richardson. <laughs> I don't know how I'm forgetting him, but you put those four guys in in a rotation, um, you know. And obviously Sheldon Richardson's going to be out there most of the time, but um, you got those other three guys to rotate too. Uh, yeah, man, that should be uh, that should be pretty strong,
1: and, and then it should be yeah uh, should really help help. Uh, and I still think they're going to add they're going to add somebody in the draft as well. So, it's not going to be easy to make. I mean, they're going to keep maybe five guys um, on the 53, which I think it goes up this year. I I can't quite pin down what is going to happen with the final roster. Um, you are going to keep five. Uh, it's going to be exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, there's definitely room at defensive end. We'll see. That's, um, obviously, since we're looking at Clowney, um, you know, I think there's uh, – Outside of Miles and, and uh, Tech McKinley, I think it's kind of wide open after that. Yes. So, so, um, so we'll see what they do there. You know, I could see them signing somebody and drafting somebody. And there, there's a couple guys on the roster have a shot. You know, to to make the team and contribute. But I don't think anybody else has a spot guaranteed on this team at defensive end. That's for sure. No
1: there's very few spots on the defense that are going to be guaranteed for anybody. They're looking to remake our defense and improve it. And so you're going to have to fight to keep your spot this year. It's not going to be like the past where they draft 10 guys and all 10 make the team. That's not going to happen anymore.
0: Yeah. So, so the Browns are bringing back, uh, Richard Higgins. He gets paid a little yeah. bit more, um, 2.38 million for, for a season. Uh, Malcolm Smith, uh, Cody Parkey, kind of, sorta, um, <laughs> not much money guaranteed <laughs> on his deal, and um, JoJo Natson also. That's and JoJo Natson's deals under under a million. I'm not sure how much of that's guaranteed. So, so uh, what do you think of those four guys? I assume you're happy to see Higgins come back. Um, you know, I, I like Smith for his leadership, and it, let's let's be honest. There's there's not a whole lot. else available out there at linebacker without spending a ton of money. So I didn't expect the Browns to make really a big splash in free agency at linebacker. Uh, I mean, the the top guys I think were retained by their teams pretty much. So, um, so what, any thoughts on those guys?
1: Yeah. I'm extremely happy to have Higgins back. He's one of the most productive wide receivers the Browns have. Um, he, he, whatever uh, he and Mayfield have is special. You it's, it's, you can't buy it. Um, I mean, you're, you're talking about Higgins, who will at one point in time from this football team and what he's done with, with Baker Mayfield, what they've done together has been absolutely outstanding. Um, well, I think he finished last year ranked 48th of all wide receivers and didn't even play that many snaps um his depth yeah his depth range on on passes he's always where baker needs him or he's always where baker thinks he should be um uh, apparently higgins doesn't practice as well as he plays i think that's been (laughs) some of the issue there um i'd rather um, have it that way than the other way you know exactly yeah i mean we've had plenty of uh of training camp and practice warriors then then come sunday can't play (laughs) and we don't have that now and and whatever like i said whatever those two have um i wouldn't break it up um i said early in this process that they really need to keep the chemistry of the offense together for at least another year um so that they can build on what they had last year but yeah i think it's awesome um issues that are, I think are going to come up as we get into the season, but we'll just have to wait and see how this plays out through uh, preseason.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's um, I really done this. Yeah. Let's t- talk about wide receiver. You got uh, OBJ and Landry and Higgins and uh, people's Jones uh, Browns tendered uh, Kaderil Hodge, uh, Jojo Natson. He'll be listed as a wide receiver. If he's, you know, if he makes a team um, probably not going to play much, I wouldn't think as you know, other, as a receiver. Do you think all those guys make the team? Um and forget about Nats and the other guys. And do you think that um the Browns it's Yeah, do you think the Browns do you think they draft a, a receiver this season?
1: It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because what we gotta look, look at is like what how's OBJ gonna feel when he's not a ton of target? You know, is he okay with that? Um, you know, that's kind of yeah. where we've got to see how the chemistry plays out because he's not going to get a lot of targets, especially if, if Higgins is on the field. Um is gonna be covered, Baker will find Higgins. Just like he uh, Landry doesn't care he doesn't want to be a football player, doesn't care about it. No for, for the, don't realize that. Landry's the number one right. Higgins is numbers. How is OBJ gonna fit in with um in the system is gonna be the question. Um and where they yeah. go from there.
0: Then you got three tight and then ends what and you happens if they
1: get a speedster and... because that's really all they need is somebody that can flat out and Baker will turn this into a show if he gets one of those and they've they've congested up the middle and you can get a speedster one-on-one of a, with a safety baker will hit him all Right. yeah this, this, this is it's going to be interesting it's going to be a different i though I'm, I'm, he wants to go as a player yeah
0: yeah yeah it should should be it should be interesting to see what they do there i mean I, um you know uh the draft i mean i think andrew berry's trying to make it and he's being pretty successful this team is not going to be dependent on the draft they're not going to be dependent on a rookie to come in and start and and uh and carry the team in any specific spot uh, you know they've pretty much got everything covered at least partially through free agency or, or guys that are returning so uh Looking at uh, you know at just the first few rounds of the draft, I think the Browns are going to have a lot of different ways they could go. I think uh, you know if they don't sign uh, Clowney or another uh, defensive end edge guy, I think the I think the thought would be that the Browns would lean that direction if that's the best you know, or, or if there's a, a good available. Edge guy at 26, but if they sign Clowney, man, all, all bets are off. They could still sign an edge guy, right? Uh, um, but you know, I, I think it makes them just just go go to pretty much say, hey, who's the best? Who's the best player? And it might be who's the best defensive player, but it, it might not even be
1: that at that point, based no, on who else they have. Right. It's very possible that they could draft a tackle. You got to remember, if you gra- if you go ahead and get a top tier tackle now, um, while I don't say that the- oh yeah, this is definitely going to happen, the draft you're going to take a tackle. If you have a tackle that drops to you at twenty six that hasn't has a top five or six grade that somehow just happens to fall to you that can play right tackle, I mean there's your chance to have a guy for the next five years because you'll have the fifth-year option on his contract to be ready for whatever they want to do with Conklin when his contract runs out. And I think that's what – and this is just speculation because I don't know. But I think that's kind of what AB's thinking uh, or Andrew Barry's thinking is that, you know, if I can get this team set to where whatever player falls to me – with all these three year contracts or, or whatever I have, I, I don't remember if Conklin was three or four. I thought it was three. Yeah. I think these so guys all have two seasons. I, and I can draft. Them. Yeah, that's. Yeah. So I, I think mean, they all then, have you know, two seasons left. Then you're, then you're, all three right. of these guys
0: have two seasons
1: left. Yeah. So if there's a chance that you could grab a right tackle and sit him on the bench for two years and have him ready to go it, because you. You weren't forced to take somebody at that spot. That changes everything for this football team. And this is what good football teams have been doing, you know. Guys who don't have to have them start right away. I do think that the Browns need to address another corner. Because I don't think you can start the season 100% ready for Greedy Williams. Because the man's not even put pads on. It's nothing against Greedy Williams at all. And I'm not talking bad about him or anything like that. It's nerve damage in his shoulder. So we don't know what's going to happen when he puts the pads on. There's a lot of people that don't remember uh, Howard Wilson. We thought Mm -hmm. this kid was going to be great from Houston. Do you remember him? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Injured his knee in the first training camp. And we were so excited to have him for the next year. Everybody was pumped up and made it through a couple practices in training camp. Injured his knee again. He's out of the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, so you have to prepare for that, and unfortunately, so we don't know. Green may go out, put pads on, go hit somebody, and go, No, I can't do this. And you know, it's nothing negative towards Greedy Williams at all, but he had a real injury. So, Andrew Barry has to look at it that way as well. He's like, hey, I've got to have insurance here just in case. I do think AG AJ Green's going to probably move into Terrence Mitchell's spot. Uh-huh. They got a little bit of depth there, but um, they're going to need a starter at corner in case Brady's not ready to go. And I hope he is. I hope he is. I hope the young man is hundred percent ready. Goes out and and becomes everything that, he, that you know a lot of people thought he was going to be. That's the best case scenario for the Browns. But they also have to. You have to look down the road a little bit. Yeah, I
0: think you have to look at Greedy and I'm sure this is how how the Browns are looking at. It. You have to look at Greedy and Grant Delpit as wild cards this season because you can't count on these guys this season. You have to see how they how they perform, how their health is, you know, how they look on the football field. So, I I absolutely I, I absolutely agree. I think you know, and the Browns need I'm, I'm backtracking here a little bit, but on the offensive mm-hmm. tackle uh, the Browns really need a swing man too. Uh, you know, yes. um, with Ken, Kendall Lamb gone, uh, um, you know they need they need somebody there. So unless they sign somebody in free agency, they're they're probably going to have you know, which is a little scary. Their their third tackle coming from the draft that's probably not preferable. But if it's a guy taken in the first round. It's it's a little more palatable because you know the guy's probably going to be more likely to be ready. But right. man, if what if this cornerback class has so many guys that are that are uh, bigger corners, if if one of these top whatever four or five, maybe even six corners is sitting there at twenty six, it's going to be
1: really hard to pass these guys up. And you can't, you can't. No, uh, the. Uh, and, the the odds, when you look at the way the draft breaks down and everything, um, statistically, uh, I mean, cause your first-round draft pick is a bet. I mean, that's just being honest. And it's an expensive bet because that money's guaranteed. Yeah. So if you're going to place a bet, you want to place it on the most likely player to hit on your bet, and that's defense and that's corner. Uh, I mean – so you almost absolutely—it's not what I want. I have a player that I want. It's the linebacker from Notre Dame, um, but I also have to try to look at it from what I want or what Andrew Barry would do. And I think if a top corner is there, you almost absolutely have to take him. You don't you can't wanna, have enough.
0: You don't want to say his name, Chad.
1: No, no. <laughs> That's all right. not say his name.
0: Nope. We know who you're talking nope. about. Everybody.
1: Everybody knows who I'm talking about. I've been talking yeah. a about, about it. So yeah, we started. We, uh, uh, Brown's therapy, and I said we were not going to say his name. We're not going to jinx it. Well, I, oh, so, I said it
0: on the last podcast because uh, <laughs> we, we had Peter Jones on, and he, I heard he said it twice. So then I said it after him. So um, yeah, I mean. I, I, you just you have to figure that the Browns at 26 with all the with all the quarterbacks and all the edge guys and and you know even the, all the wide receivers, man. You, you got to figure the Notre Dame guy, or Zayvon Collins, or a couple of these corners, or an offensive tackle. The Browns are going to have their pick of a couple of these guys probably at 26.
1: Yeah, and it's quite possible that Andrew Barry wants to put on a little bit of a show, being that the draft's in Cleveland, and he doesn't need nine draft picks. He uses a couple picks to move up a few spots and make a splash pick. And and once again, a splash pick to him may be an offensive tackle. I'm I'm not ruling that out. And someone can tell me I'm crazy or... I don't know what I'm talking about, and I don't I completely understand it. But they've already met think with one of the top offensive tackles
0: in the draft. I'm sorry. I don't think you're crazy at all. I, I really hadn't thought of that. I I was thinking to tackle more second or third round, but I, I could see, I could see it happening. But again, it's if the right guy's sitting there for him. They're not going to take a guy who's two years away with you know with their pick number right. 26. It, it's got to be the right guy uh, because. You know, I think otherwise the Browns are the Browns are in a mode of, man, we want this team to be ready this season. So I think they're either going to feel like, hey, we're gonna have a pick of these three or four guys at twenty-six, or so we're content with staying there, or we're like, Man, we really like this guy. We're gonna move up to twenty and get this guy. And and right. also they are not gonna use those nine picks. They are going to move up. They and and all over. I don't think they're going to pick more than five or six guys in this draft.
1: Yeah, and I, I also wouldn't rule out uh, him completely trading a pick out of this draft and into the next. So, yeah, um, yeah. You know, it, like I had posted this uh, once before that you could take a. Let's say you got a sixth round pick. Somebody calls and says, "Hey, I really want that pick." We will say, "Well, fine. We'll take your. Uh, we'll take your fifth round the next year." And then yeah. the next year, you take that fifth round, you could turn it into a fourth round. You know, in, in two years, you've taken a sixth and turned it into a fourth, and the probability of that player making the team jumps tremendously. That, that and sounds uh, sounds can, like something maybe would do. Yeah, because you could just keep rolling that each year, and that's how you start building long term teams because you're picking. An extra pick or an extra two picks earlier in the draft every year your chances of keeping a player on there uh, because once you get past about the fourth round i mean between uh, undrafted guys and draft draft pick guys it's, it's pretty even i mean you can find some really great undrafted players that'll make a football team
0: yeah true and just looking at the Browns roster, I mean, between the draft and undrafted guys, I mean, how many how many of these guys do you think are going to make the roster this year? It can't be more than what, maybe five. You know, right, I mean, maybe it's you be, know it could be some on yeah. special teams guys, things like that, but can't, I can't imagine it could be much more than five guys.
1: Right, it's going to be difficult. And then there is a tackle, uh, Alex Taylor. The Browns really like him. Um, you know he, I, I think he could play possibly both sides. I know he's prominently, um, but so yeah, there's not going to be easy for anybody to make this football team anywhere at any position. I think I think they're set at center. I think J. C. Shredder, I hope I think they're going to try to keep him as long as they can. They got Nick Harris on four years, so he mm-hmm. can grow into that position. The wild card is going to be uh, Drew Forbes what happens with him since he opted out so you know remember he he was the player x or i can't remember what that was now i'm sorry where they wrote that story about him and nobody knew who they were talking about until after the draft so yeah um Um, so it's just it's not going to be easy to make football team it's going to be almost impossible to make it as a tight end uh and i won't be shocked if they don't draft one to try to challenge uh uh steve carlson uh running backs going to be a nightmare to make which they're already <laughs> talking to running backs. i mean that's going to be really difficult yeah. anything on offense is going to be extremely hard to make this football team and and man what a change what a change yeah yeah it's going to be fun to watch so
0: all right well any closing thoughts chad
1: Uh, No, I'm just, I mean, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for this team uh, to finally have a foundation because we've never had a foundation. It's it's always been trying to build a house on top of loose rocks. And I think it's going to be difficult for People outside of the Browns, because they enjoy the Browns being a dysfunctional franchise that's falling apart all the time because it's easy to talk about, and the fans just go crazy, and they don't have that anymore. So I think it's going to take a little bit of time before that starts slowly going away, and people are just going to have to realize that this is a well-run football team now that's not going to play by any of the old rules. There's going to be different things done that's never been done before. And it's exciting to be a longtime Browns fan and watch this process.
0: That's right. We didn't even get into the Wyatt Teller talk, and we've run long. So let me just ask okay. you this. Will the Browns okay. extend Wyatt Teller, or will he play out his current contract? Um, just your I'm feeling. Not,
1: just, I'm not 100% positive. How I would handle it if I was Andrew Barry is he plays out this contract, and if I have to, I franchise him next year. That's how I would do it. Um, just because I I, of where he's playing, I think, $900,000 this year, you're not going to replace the number one guard in football for $900,000 and tag next year. You're looking at 13, 14 million dollars. He's still mm-hmm. well under that. Now, there is a the potential that if somebody calls, um, his trade value is extremely high right now.
0: And if oh, Andrew yeah. Barry
1: feels, if Andrew Barry feels like he's got somebody that can replace him on the on the team, I don't want this. I love Wyatt Teller. I'm a huge. I was a Wyatt Teller fan before anybody even hardly knew who. Um, uh, if, if Andrew Barry feels like that, you know, let's say a Michael Dunn uh, could step in, and I'm just using him as an example, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that Andrew Barry can get a first or a second round pick, uh, maybe not a first, probably a second round pick, maybe multiple second teller. He may not turn it down. And I know know people got mad at me when I posted that on the thing. I I was like, you got to look at this from a business point of view. I will hope Wyatt Taylor stays with this football team for a long time, but you can't pay everybody.
0: You're absolutely right. You know, we for so long have not had, you know, there have been so few players that have stuck around on this team. All the good guys have left and everything, and we've had really – very few good players on the Browns. And now we're to a point where we, get, where we got so many good players, not going to be able to keep them well. We're just not. No. It's not going to happen. So you have to be able to look at it from a business standpoint. And that's how Andrew Barry's going to do it. You know, Like you said, take that emotion out of the equation and make smart moves. And if trading Wyatt Teller, if Andrew Barry decides that that's the best thing to do, and they have a solid backup plan, then I think you have to respect that. But I think the way you're looking at it might be really smart, too, because the alternative is probably to sign him to a three- or four-year deal, and you're probably paying him you know, 12 mil a year or more anyways. Yeah,
1: outrageous. Play. So it's a, it'd be cheaper in the long run to wait, play him out this year, cap, tag him next year, don't use that franchise. Pay Nick Chubb. I'd rather pay Nick, pay Nick Chubb. Chubb. Yeah, I would take Nick Chubb. So you leave the franchise tag available for next year and then you need to tag Teller. Teller still gets his money. and it's, it's controlled. Yeah, it'll be all guaranteed money. But that's when you can start looking that you want to start growing some way to back him up. And you're not committed out to long term. 900K this year. He plays. If he plays the whole year, great, great. You know, that's awesome because he's going to make $16 million next year. And I'm sure he'll be happy with that. Probably not as happy as a long, big contract. But, I mean, got to remember, this guy was traded for a couple third-round picks yeah. not that long ago. <laughs> you know, and he found True. the right football team. And I, and like I said, I love Wyatt Teller. He is awesome. And I, I hope that he can stay here for a long time. But if I'm the GM, that's how I would do it. He'd play out this year. I'd tag him next year.
0: Absolutely. Well, that is Chad P seventy one. Chad, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me on the uh, podcast. It's been great talking to you. You too, sir. This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time.